0: This is Radio A broadcasting on the stolen land of the Rundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We are Anne Lase and Arnie, talking about community and individual responses
1: to harm, transformative justice, accountability safety support and healing and prison abolition within and challenging dominator culture we would like to acknowledge aboriginal elders past and present and to acknowledge and honor the resistance of first nations people across these lands
2: i train
0: Just listen to Electric Fields, Don't You Worry. On this show, we're talking to Arnie, Lisa, Keith and Iris from the Incarcerated Trans and Gender Diverse Community Fund. We're super excited to talk with you all.
1: Yeah, so first, I guess, really, we were wondering if you could all tell us a bit about yourselves and what brings you to abolitionist organising.
3: For me, what brought me to it, I guess, like, was me being incarcerated. I did a lot of like protesting and I was like trying to find my tribe with like different collectives. And like in the last year, I just found that, you know, the type of work that, uh, you know, that I was looking for, like you kind of have to create, create it yourself, like based on like what other people have been doing, like in the past that haven't quite like um, fitted into like the mainstream organizing or, you know, ways of doing things when, you know, you have a lot of different intersections. And for me, that's being, like, an Aboriginal, like, gay man um, that's been incarcerated, you know, and and I think it's, yeah, it's, like, navigating, like, you know, like, the white supremacy, like, the heteronormative, you know, um, patriarchy, like, all of these, you know, groups, like, within our own communities, you know, that you have to navigate, like, like what what brought me to it was my own lived experience and um you know, seeing other people that were like incarcerated, like in a um yeah, like in a worse like position than myself and what can I do like in what I know um of the system uh towards other people that are trying to collectively like make change. So yeah, that's what brought me to This work,
4: I've um, I've had a long history of being incarcerated. I'm an Aboriginal sister girl, and I have um, been living since I was 15 as Lisa. And I um, spent time in juvenile detention centres when I was younger, and then once I turned 18, had a long history of drug use and incarceration in uh, mostly men's prisons and because of my drug use and being alienated from my family I often didn't have any support when I went to prison and so you know I um when this opportunity came up to be part of the um trans prison fund I I jumped at it it was something that I'm passionate about about you know advocating for my community and Trying to change and make life a little bit better for incarcerated trans people, and you know, having that lived experience gives me that you know insight into how it is, and you know what it's like to to be incarcerated, and and the you know the the n- numerous you know stuff that, that we face as um incarcerated trans people, and often many of us, you know, and me included when I was incarcerated. You know, my family didn't want anything to do with me. I was, you know, not making good choices in my life. And, yeah, so I was pretty much alone when I was incarcerated. And when things went down, there was, um yeah, nobody to reach out to. But, yeah, that's what pretty much brings me to, you yeah, being involved.
5: Thanks, Lisa and Keith. Yeah, for the listeners, I'm Iris white Uh, She, her, they, them pronouns. I guess it was a long process of, like, unpacking my complicity in the colonial violence of this country and politicization, being involved in different solidarity things that came to, like, abolition sort of politics and developing, like, connections with people inside, particularly trans people inside through, like, letter-writing stuff, which has been facilitated. Yeah, and just following the footsteps of what people are doing, like, in that space, in this honest um, show as well, yeah, that I've come to that sort of place, and when and became involved, and when like there some asking around around setting up the the fund to support people inside or people who've recently been inside.
0: Thank you, thanks, Iris and Arnie, Lisa and Keith for also sharing those parts about yourself too. And so, yeah, what is the Incarcerated Trans and Gender Diverse Fund and How did it come about?
5: Yeah, I think it came about last year because people were were supporting trans people inside and some people were putting a lot of their own money into it. So, and there was an idea of like to collectivise it in some way or like put out or like widen what was already happening. Yeah, so a lot of it... Like it comes from work that people, like trans people inside, are already doing to support each other. That we got the word out, and like connections have been made from people involved in the fund with them as well. So it was responding to like like a lot of pretty incredible organising inside in terms of the conditions just to get ba- access that's always denied, like basic healthcare, like HRT and stuff. It's pretty extraordinary how difficult things have been and still are. But yeah, that's kind of broad brush.
0: Arnie, Lisa, and Keith, do you see things that the fund is mainly used for?
3: Yeah, like the fund that I've seen for, like being used for is um, like gender affirming uh, clothing um, and underwear, like post-release support. Uh, this year, like we we're able to like get a mobility scooter, and you know, a lot of you know assistance with like emergency housing you know, for trans folk that are uh, leaving custody, you know, because it doesn't, yeah, like it doesn't end like just like in custody, you know, I mean, yeah, like a lot of the issues as well, you know, follow them uh, outside. And so, yeah, I guess like a lot of post-release support. And, yeah, like it for me it's, uh, you know, just because i work with a lot of collectives it's just getting like a lot of individuals that are like interested in like supporting and like iris was saying like it can be just you know something as simple like as to somebody as letter writing you know and and yeah like or if somebody you know likes cooking like you know like cooking for somebody you know like that that's where i guess like where i love like the fun because like a lot of aspects of mutual aid like are incorporated and you know, you don't have to kind of wait for permission, like, to do things, you know, you can just go out and do it. And, yeah, like, that's what I, what I find um, about, like, you know, this um, part of people, like, they just, um you know, really want to support people in the best way possible, like,
4: and, yeah, reduce harm along the way. And another way we're helping with this fund as well is propping up and topping up people's prison accounts, so a lot of trans people within prison don't have, you know, because a lot of the time trans women are put into um, segregation to keep them safe, and so they don't have access to a lot of the jobs in prison. And um, so, you know, in order to make money and, and um, get your prison wage, you have, you know, I think that they have like a doll type system in there where you get, you know, a small amount of money. But, um, you know, in order to work, you have to um, do various jobs in in prison and, you know, a lot of trans people are restricted in what they can do for safety reasons or because they're in protective custody. So, you know, um, helping, you know, to top up their prison accounts and just to buy things like, you know, shoes or excess things that they may need, toiletries. And as Keith said, you know, gender affirming Clothing, whether it be underpants or knickers or yeah, the chest binders for some of the trans guys that we helped in prison as well.
1: You know, you've all kind of already spoken to this a bit in terms of what you see as important about the fund. But what have you noticed, I guess, about the kinds of connections that you've been able to make already, and how people have been able to yeah, sort of access the fund, use the fund.
3: Yeah, like I guess for me, like I also uh, organise with a group of uh, individuals here in um, Sydney and like across New South Wales. And also, you know, we connect with organisations like nationwide, but primarily it's working with trans women, um, like in custody and post-release. And yeah, like I guess like what we've found, you know, is if, you know, you work with somebody from, you know, as I mentioned before, like understanding harm, like without creating more harm. And if you can work with somebody, you know, without, you know, the kind of society that we've been brought up in and that's, you know, punitive society, what I've found that if you kind of humanise the person and the situation, exactly how I wanted to be when I left custody, I find that it opens up, you know, dialogues and and promotes conversations between community members collectives and the individuals that have left custody not only address the harm that they've been causing but also the harm that they've had like uh, caused in their own lives so I think like all round, it's a positive experience like and it's just about like humanizing the person and that's what I try to do in the work that I do and that I'm a part of.
0: So I'm hearing there like if we humanise people and also support people with both like material aid as well as like human and social connection. There'll probably be a whole bunch of people that aren't going back inside. And this is in the context of like dominator culture that we're living in. So that's not even thinking about addressing, you know, the actual systems of oppression that mean people are going inside in the first place. But it seems like the Dhani is really, you know, trying to support people in, in their lives and in their communities as well.
5: One thing is we've had like a bunch of people inside that sort of like, they've sort of been at first reluctant to know whether the fund is for them and we've had to be like, yeah, this is for you. And so, yeah, the fund existence sort of challenges like the whole landscape that trans, criminalised trans people are disposable and there's nothing for them. But that's one thing that we've noticed.
0: We'll go now to Reigning Pleasure by SAD.
1: talking a bit about abolitionist organizing or you know people sort of said a little bit about their experiences or thoughts about the prison industrial complex, and about what kind of community organizing or support you see in general as necessary for anti-prison or anti-police movements. I
3: think it's um like as Aunty Lisa even mentioned like I think there's a lot of things like for myself as like an ally like that like I don't understand like about people's situation like in prison. So I think with the fund, I think it's really important that we have people that are across all different fields that can create a I guess a micro lens on on the experiences you know that certain people go through at a particular time you know in 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 their journey like uh, in, in custody and post release. But I think you also find like like abolition like it's not something new. It's not something that's, like, being recreated, like, these are things that have happened in community. Like, with Quidge, you know, chosen families, I think, you know, that's people, you know, caring for one another, like, when, you know, their traditional families have thrown them out. So I think, like, if we want to create change for, for ourselves, in, in my case, as like, as an Aboriginal gay man, I think, like, we really have to look towards, like, our brother boys and sister girls that have kind of already gone through these experiences and uh, created support networks for themselves and also like disabled folk yeah like if you haven't you know watched Crip Camp on like Netflix it's like you know about like a group of disability right activists like that came together and uh, you know took control of government buildings like and the Black Panthers fed them for 28 days during their sit-in you know and I think, like, this organising, the fund included, like, it, it's just a people, like, a group of people, like, that are passionate in a certain area. And um, how do we then get, like, mainstream society, mainstream collectives, like, to support this work and, and not only support our work, but then go out and create this type of work in their own communities with their own local prisons? and
5: Yeah, it's such a big question. I don't know where to start, really, but i yeah i 've been thinking a bit about like a lot of the focus sometimes goes on to women 's prisons and and we have the thing that like the like the prison does where it places the overwhelming majority of trans women in men 's prisons and it 's really good there 's lots of organizing around women 's prisons, but sometimes it does like forget that there 's trans women in men 's prisons and and it doesn 't get to the like And you can't just like call for things for women's prisons. You have to like take the call to men's prisons as well and how the prison reinforces like the white supremacist gender binary. Yeah, there's something sometimes missing that. It's hard to articulate around organising around women's prisons that doesn't, that disappears like trans women inside men's prisons. And a lot of the trans, a lot of
4: the sister girls are not being recorded in their men's prisons as being transgender a lot of them are being recorded as as men so i think there's an even greater number of people going in and out of the prison system who aren't being clocked as being transgender they're just being written off as being men because they don't fit the stereotype of what um, a transgender woman looks like or they might come from a community where they don't have access to hrt and they, you know they may not want to medically transition but you know still they're transgender and yeah and you know i remember a few years ago we were advocating in the northern territory with the northern territory um prison system with star lady was doing some work with her and the um the northern territory said oh we don't we don't have any we, we we don't have any um transgender women in the prison and we haven't had any through the prison up there and yet you know we knew people that had been through the prison system up there so we called them out on
0: what was their response annie lisa
4: oh you know just to go into denial yeah not not an issue we you know we haven't had anybody and yeah and i think it happens not just the northern territory i think it's across the country where, you know, sister girls are not or, you know, not even just sister girls, some people who are, you know, non binary and may not fit the stereotype of just not even being there, there's no real statistics out there to let us know how big this issue is and, you know, what are the the real issues and, you know, being raped in prison and the process to be to be able to report that is it's really <laughs> limited and yeah, and I think that's one of the things that this fund does. It's another avenue to make them connections as well to, you know, people applying for money can, you know, have also disclosed stuff and reached out.
0: Are there any other issues? Like, we you spoke about, I guess, isolation, access to hormones. We know that, yeah, in terms of isolation, many trans people in, Prisons. If people don't know this, are put into what they're called as protective units, which means they are generally not placed in mainstream. We talked about like uh, rape, sexual assault. Are there any other issues that are specific to trans criminalised people that you're that you're seeing or have experienced and post release too?
3: You know, like I think, like as Elise mentioned, you know, like the stats, like they're just not there. We know that uh, that trans and gender diverse. People represent some of the biggest numbers uh, in prison and post-release. So some of those issues are unemployment, violence in prison, um, out of prison, you know, homelessness, as mentioned before, like substance addiction can even be lateral violence within our own communities, Uh, you know, with white supremacy, with trans people. like, um, And that, that goes across to all LGBT, like our own community. But it's access to employment. Having to do uh, work and activities like you know that would bring the attraction of police and society pushes people into those forms of lifestyles. So I think that's where a lot of you know where my like where my work comes in is that's about humanising people and creating relationships and mutual aid. You know, um, and yeah, it can like really just start like in your own building if your disabled like neighbor needs a feed or can start really small like and then those things can then go out so i think like yeah it's i don't know like it can seem groundbreaking i guess for like people that aren't indigenous like or that haven't kind of lived these lifestyles but i guess when you kind of brought up on like these ethos and how you have to live like as a human like it doesn't yeah
4: like it kind of is second nature for you know a lot of us working in this space i think also being some um a, a lot of prisons don't have the facilities to properly um protect trans women and often they're moved quite a long distance away from their support network so that they can be in prisons that have the proper protection units and yeah I mean when I was in prison I've been in both a male prison and a women's prison both as a trans person and yeah look I think the treatment in both of them prisons is appalling and you know the, the issues even you know even staff training you know around you know, getting pronouns right and having a bit of an understanding of the needs and also the dangers, you know, I've had prison officers pretty much stand back and watch me being put into unsafe situations. And and then on the other hand, I've also had that overprotection where, you know, not putting me into positions where, you know, I know that I, I, I could be all right, you know, but locking me in like small areas i was in one prison and i was locked you know I was almost segregated for when they called it my own safety you know also really isolated me i was only i was only there for a month at, at, at that time but it felt like four and a half five months i was on my own and isolated for that period of time it was almost like a form of punishment which then leads to other issues and anxieties and yeah just you know just like trying to you know a lot of the time when you are in prison you rely on borrowing something off a friend or when you're isolated you pretty much daft you can't borrow anything or you know you're um, very limited in in um, what's available to you and just that whole isolation thing is like a form of punishment
5: yeah yeah it's pretty messed up and yeah one other thing I don't think we've mentioned is like that the whole bureaucratic transphobia of the prison and Like basic cause identification changes can be even harder in prison for trans people inside, often like weaponized against trans people inside. like even wanting, requesting to see like a woman doctor, a trans woman requesting that is often like denied. And yeah, all the gaslighting that goes through like being able to weaponize transphobia through the prison.
1: Keith, when you were talking, you know, talking about all these things like mutual aid and ways that communities support each other, that to people that have always had to do that, it's it's normal, it's a way of life that might seem something else to other people. And I guess I'm I'm wondering now, you know, you've also talked a bit about like the lifestyle situations people find themselves in because of living in this white supremacist, you know, heteronormative transphobic society. And I wonder um, how you kind of see community responses to harms or to accountability.
3: Like I think for, you know, for me personally, like uh, at the moment there's a lot of collectives like that are addressing like patterns of conflict and the dysfunction, you know, that undermine so many of... Groups work, and as you mentioned, like I think, because it, like it is it, that we are conditioned in white supremacy and hetero, like normative, like patriarchy, like capitalism, ableism, and you know, for Indigenous folk, colonialism. That 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 means that you know we have to work together, like in you know, in ways of being and our own norms, and then coming up. Against like all of these issues and like those obstacles, and without like uh, and working together without like creating dominance over like one group of issue, like so it's 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 what I love like I guess about like this transformative justice work uh, and the mutual aid work is it's being accountable like for for yourself number one like how can I show up more in like a situation. So, you're not, so it's not charity. It's no longer charity. You are saying like it is in solidarity with that person. Pick your cause. Like, I think a lot of people, they want to fight a lot of different causes, which is great. And for me, like, it kind of, I fell into this work kind of like by accident and I was mentored by some really amazing people, like, you know, are on the fund uh, committee and, you know, in community, like that kind of steered me in the right direction, like all my anger. And, you know, so I wouldn't go out and, you know, keep bashing up police and, you know, like I think finding what you're passionate about and using your own lived experience like to to assist in the cause and for me it's always knowing like that I'm an ally first and it can't be like, yeah, like nine to five. Like you have to, it's a lifelong thing. There aren't really any goals and, you know, you just have to do the work. So that's the only thing I can really offer to people like and why I got involved in it. It's really important work.
5: This is like a broad question around community responses to harm that is informed by this stuff that the fund looks into. But one of the things that comes to mind is like, like unpacking the word community and who's included and in- excluded from that word. Sometimes, and like, are people inside like included when we talk about community responses to harm, or are they just disposed of completely? It also, yeah, it makes me think about that. Community responses to harm has to go along with like social transformation because there's no point having like this perfect community response to harm while you have all these like growing prisons and growing like penal populism and all that stuff that's happened in all the states here in so-called Australia. So yeah, how to like do like like social transformation sort of stuff alongside community responses to harm.
4: I will just say that I've been I've been advocating for you know, other sister girls and brother boys for 20 years. And again, you know, I think more and more we're setting up our own. There's nobody doing work in these areas. So things like the Prison Fund are popping up and the national Facebook group that I started up called Sister Girls and Brother Boys. We, um, you know, we're out there advocating and doing all this stuff because there are so many gaps in the system and so many areas are not getting any any help and so i think you know it's essential and uh, and the other good thing about this is that we're not really sort of aligned with any funding body so we can sort of you know we're not restricted by you know the grassroots stuff that we're able to do so find a lot of funded organizations you have to watch and and do where you know at this level you sort of, yeah, I, I love it. And I think money or funding would ruin it somehow as well. It's been really nice to see the great response from the community to the fund and, you know, just how generous people have been in giving and that a lot of people do realise that, you know, their issues and that, that you know, there, there is a gap there. And it's been overwhelming to see the response
0: let's go to a song party tricks from alice Skye. Iris, you talked about social transformation and a question for all of you. We're talking about the TGD fund as a response to there's a prison system that's existing and expanding. What do you see as needing to happen to stop the expansion, to stop prisons? What other things that we, we need to be in solidarity with each other in and
3: to challenge? Yeah, life. I guess for, for me, my group, like going back to, you know, <clears throat> um, how I was talking about like collectives, they just opened one of the uh, you know new prisons out at Parkley, the GEO prison. And if you look over in like America, like, you know, it's all really tied up with capitalism. I think if you're looking at abolition, you can look towards, you know, black abolition, like, I don't think like i don't think people have ever been freed and i think that we really like need to get organized in terms of what issues we're going to fight for and i think for us like queer folk and f- f- for me like as a gay man i really think that you know we really need to like we owe a lot to like our trans like brothers and sisters and 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 like folk in our community you know that we wouldn't, like, kind of be liberated, like, if it wasn't for them. So I think, like, if we want to see our own liberation, like, we have to, I guess, look at the people that know the work, that have, have done the work, that are in employment, such as, like, sex work, that um have already created, like, these communities to keep themselves safe and kind of, like, roadmaps on how other people can do so. So, yeah, I think, like... I mean, there's a lot of different steps. Like, like, I'm not an expert on it. Like, I'm just a, like an organiser in community. Like, But yeah, like there's a lot of different steps you can take. And I think the most important one, like, is to kind of start at home, like, and in your own building, like, in your own community. Like, what, what can I do for somebody that's in need? Like, you know, if you, if you can't, like, and how do I address conflict, like, without creating more harm and conflict? So I guess these are like the hard questions So a lot of us, you know, um, and family conflict, hard to deal with. But, you know, if we can kind of like, yeah, understand that and work with that, like we can move
4: that out into the wider world like that we want to abolish like prisons and whatnot. Yeah, I, I also think creating more employment opportunities for trans people and, you know, so there's more jobs for them to take and, you know, and, and, and also rehabilitation centres that are more queer-friendly, so the people that are struggling with addictions and other stuff, they're, um, they've got better options for rehabilitation and cleaning themselves up and, and um, you know, making changes, opp- you know, creating opportunities and support and more stuff around when they are in prison, you know, if, if people are incarcerated, then offering programs and support with them. Um, documentation, stuff like that, making small changes that set you up when you get out for more positive outcomes, breaking that cycle. And, yeah, for me it was a, a, a real cycle of doing the same thing. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I was in prison for was, you know, petty stuff and having fines. You know, I was, it was never, never a hardcore criminal. I was just... You know stuff that went along with my lifestyle, so changing all that stuff so that you know we're not incarcerated or sex working or not paying fines and yeah, making positive changes in that area.
5: Uh, yeah, this is a really big question. I think Keith and Lisa covered heaps of stuff that I'd say as well. I guess it's dismantling the entire prison industrial complex. There is no like roadmap to do so, but it, like the answer is in. The struggle, the answer is in like working with other people and doing stuff in solidarity with people inside. And I say answer, I mean like answers, like not in a singular sense, having one answer. Yeah, but like history isn't fixed and and it's always changing and social change happens and it's like, what can you do in your own life to like affect change or like how are you implicated in domination or uh, in policing in your workplace and what can you do to like disrupt that or yeah asking a lot of questions and like answering them not just by your own reflections but like collectively and working with other people and I think
0: it would be good for listeners to know too that like the overwhelming majority of people incarcerated are incarcerated because of colonization because of white supremacy because of you know transphobia because of ableism because of these systems of domination that have torn families apart and I think that's really important to to highlight is most people inside don't need to be inside.
6: i e Watch run. if you want
0: We just heard Jerome by Lizzo.
1: Before we kind of come to the close, if someone would want to share, where can people donate to the fund, contribute, support? And any other
0: solidarity things that you... Iris, you talked about letter writing before, but are there any other ways that people can do solidarity work?
3: Uh, So um, the group like that I'm a part of is New South Wales uh, Community Advocates for People in Prisons. They have a Facebook and an Instagram. And also the incarcerated trans and gender diverse fund. So you can go and GoFundMe. And I think somebody in the funds um gonna create a website. So yeah, somebody's on that. And um yeah, I think in terms of like what you can do, like it's yeah, like for me, like how I began like uh, New South Wales Community Advocates um you know with other people was just reaching out like i seen that all the pastors like you know all their information was um you know available to the community on their websites and so i reached out to every single pastor in new south wales and asked them you know how many trans people are in their care um and that they're providing pastoral care for and you know um i didn't really expect much of a response but you know we did get a lot of uh our messages back and Uh, people, like, uh, working with trans people in custody. And I thought, in my mind, I thought, like, if you can, you know, go to the people that most people, you know, will think wouldn't help them. Um, And, you know, some of the messages I got back, you know, it's quite funny. But I think, like, there's heaps of different ways, like, just think outside of the box. And, yeah, it can be letter writing, it can be visits, it can be, you know, picking them up from... Uh, custody and taking them to Centrelink or appointments, like you know, where they may just, I
4: guess, supporting them in general. So, yeah, I I think um you know some of the stuff that that I've been encountering with sharing the funds online is um yeah I had one incident where um all these tests grabbed hold of it and. And um, we're like, you know, trans women shouldn't be in women's prisons and all these people were like just jumping up and down about, you know, about, um, you know, which prisons we should be in and, you know, how we should we're invading female spaces and think, you know, this fund isn't about that. This fund is about supporting trans women in whatever prison they're in and, um, you know, we're not advocating with the fund for any of them things, you know, it's really just about supporting people in the presence that they are in. So I think calling people out, you know, sharing the fund and, you know, awareness around the issues is really important and just being a good ally.
5: Yeah, for listeners that would be able to make a direct bank donation so there's no, like, fees from GoFundMe, it's incarcerated TG Community Funds BSB three one three one four zero account number one two two nine five five eight six. Yeah, and we are seeing like an uptick in like reactionary politics and trans stuff around the world. So one solidarity thing would be like counteracting that because it's it sort of started in the UK and it's sort of went over to the US and now it's. Sort of here, we're seeing like, like anti-trans bills in New South Wales that are pretty messed up. So, like building stuff around that because we, like, I've even seen like turfs sort of here talk about same-sex prisons which, ex- which excludes trans people, and o- overseas they've held rallies like to exclude trans people from the prisons they want to be in. So, yeah, like that's a worrying things that would be good to see more like push back on
0: thank you all so much for coming on radio ANA and talking with us about all of your organizing about your personal lives and stories and experiences and sharing those with us
3: yeah thank you thanks for having us thanks
0: and let's end the show with Better in Black by Thelma Plum